Wake up, it's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Sorry, y'all. I was trying to fix this, but welcome to the morning motivation. My name is Brittany Daniel. For those of you who are new, welcome. Uh, this show is all about how to help you live your best life and give you your daily dose of motivation with a dose of God. So I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I sure. I had an interesting one. I'm not even going to lie, um, but it was blessed. So I cannot complain. Let me know in the comments how you guys are doing, how you guys are feeling. Happy Monday. Another week, y'all. It is September 20, uh, September 19th. Happy birthday to one of my best friends, Tiffany. And after this week, y'all, we have one more week until fe- uh, September and then we're in October. Wow. The time is going by fast. I don't know about y'all. I don't know how y'all feel. Uh, but time is just moving, but ooh, here we go. <laughs> we are reading, uh, continuing our reading of a purpose driven life by Rick Warren. Uh, do not forget to go to brittanythehost.com to get your, to enter you to win your free copy of a purpose driven life. And I will be giving away another book this Friday. You guys stay tuned. This Friday, we'll be giving another way, another book. So if you have not got your own copy by clicking the link down in the description box and ordering yours off Amazon. You can wait until the giveaway and hopefully fingers crossed that you win. But I highly recommend whether you win or not to get yourself a copy and yeah, and and read it for yourself. It is definitely good. It is definitely worth the money and worth the time um, because we read together on Morning Motivation, but I definitely think that everybody should read it for themselves. Okay. Let's go ahead and do our morning prayer and then jump into the shout outs. If this is your first time watching live, go ahead and put in the live chat where you are watching from and get your good morning shout out. And to those of you listening to the, on the podcast, thank you guys for tuning in and being here. Okay. So let's jump right into our prayer. So dear heavenly father, thank you for waking us up again for another day. Thank you for just bringing our purpose and our connection just up to the surface, making it deeper and stronger. I pray that anybody listening now and later that does not know their purpose, that is still confused on what you called them to do, that they get a message today, that you direct their steps and guide their steps and you fill their life with joy, happiness, peace, love, tranquility, um, and understand that sacrifice and and just discernment and, and and obedience is a part of the process of being a Christian. But we can do everything with the strength of Jesus Christ. In your darling son, Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen, you all. All right, let's jump into the shout out. So my viewers. Huh? Oh, okay. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Good morning, Norma. Good morning, Chevy Chev. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Destiny. Happy Monday. Um, Happy belated birthday. I believe we did say happy birthday to Destiny, but just in case we didn't have a belated birthday, Destiny. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Glorious Rising. Happy Housewife. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Nana. Good morning, Melon and Honey. Hey, Percy. Good morning. Boy, I've been great. Where you been? (laughs) Percy, don't act like you're new to this party. This has been here. I have not changed my hair in months. Bye, Percy. (laughs) <laughs> but I appreciate it. Good morning, she Amber. Good morning, Turquoise, Grand Rising, Kiki. <laughs> um, <laughs> Percy's almost on love the Greg. Percy, where you been? Been great, boy. Been great. All right, y'all. We're dumping, jumping right back into a purpose-driven life. Good morning, Miss Linda. How are you? Okay, so this chapter 
is really, really good. It's called Shaped for Serving God. Okay, so last week we ended on Friday with talking about accepting your assignment. As Christians, we are all called to do something, some form of service. Um, we call it our ministry, right? Even the book called it our ministry. If you are a singer, maybe, maybe your ministry is to sing, uh, help out in the choir. Uh, if you love kids, maybe your ministry is to children's church. If you have patience and you're willing to just follow direction, maybe you're an usher. Maybe you know structure and obedience. Maybe you're a dancer and you uh, you deserve to be on the praise team. Depending on what area in your life that calls you and feels most natural, what we're getting into is probably where you are fit to best serve. And the book is going to dive into keys, into understanding your service. And then not just in church. Because all of us have not gotten to church just yet. If that is not, if you have not found a physical church yet, or you're still like, eh, I'm still on the fence. I highly recommend getting back into physical church. I've been going a lot and it's been life-changing. The revelations, the the just feeling the Holy Spirit again, the spirit moving in the in the place. It's it's it's, it's not it, <laughs> And all churches aren't created equal. I understand that. So make sure you, when you find a church, that it's a church that moves you, a church that you feel at home, a church where people are friendly, that you get a good vibe from, because every church is not created equal. And, you know, the the fruit, you, you should bear witness by the people that go, not just the preacher. Preacher can preach good, right? But it's the fruit of his, of his, of his sheep, of his flock that show you whether or not it's a good church. But anyways, even if you're not in a church yet, right? Say if you're still on the mission to find your church, which is fine. How else can you use your God-given talents, God-given gifts, your ministry to help out and be a servant and that God has called us to do, okay? So 30 says shaped, uh, chapter 30 says shaped for serving God. Your hands shaped me and made me, which is uh, job 10 and 8 or Job 10 and 8. And then the people, the people I have shaped for myself will broadcast my praises. Isaiah 43 and 21. We are all shaped to serve God. God formed every creature on this planet with a special area of expertise. Some animals run, some hop, some swim, some burrow, some fly. An eagle is an eagle, flies and soars. A dolphin is a dolphin. Uh, a cheetah is a cheetah. Like God has placed a certain significance within every single creature. If you look at every single animal, every animal has a thing. Every animal has a thing from the cheetah running fast to the elephant with its uh, grandiose stature with um, a grasshopper jumping. Like every animal has its has its own unique thing. And so do all of we. We all have our own unique gifts and talents and 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 all of that is shaped for a purpose. This is the same is true with humans. Each of us uniquely are uniquely designed or shaped to do certain things. Before architect before architects design a new building, they first ask what will this what will be its purpose? How will it be used? The intended fu- intended function always determines the form of the building. So when an architect or they come and they say, hey, we want to design a new building. They say, okay, well, what is its purpose? What are we going to use this building for? Nine, a lot of times nowadays, it's always like it has to be the tallest building. That's what you always hear. 
And then there's buildings in New York now that they're making very thin. We want this to be the tallest, thinnest building so we can, you know, um, maximize the the height, but but less space to take up space because New York is a crowded place. Or a building, this building, it needs to function like a library. It's not going to be laid out or like a home. Homes have certain layouts and structures for its functionality. So it says when a architect designs a new building, it first asks, well, what is the purpose of this building and how will it be used? The intended, fu the intended function always determines the form of the building, how the building is formed. Um, <clears throat> thank you for the super chat, Percy. Percy says, hey, Brittany, I was reading about gifts in the Bible and I seen the ministry of helps uh, of helps. I never heard anyone claim this. And I was I was the glam. Rewrite that Percy. <laughs> Good morning. I got my workouts prayed. Good breakfast. Ow, now getting ready for y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So the book also talks about different gifts and purposes. And the Bible will like purse to Percy's comment. It talks about, I forgot what scripture it's in. If you guys know, uh, let me know in in and think I think it's Matthew. I'm not sure. Let me know. But it talks about having specific gifts. And some people have the gift of teaching. Some people have the gift of patience. Some people have the gift of, of seeing things and fitting it together. Certain people have the gift of connection, like they know everybody, right? Everybody know that one person that knows everybody. I have a neighbor like that, love her to death. She knows everybody. I'm just like, I don't even know that person. I've seen that person five times. I have no idea. At Happy Housewife says in Ephesians, thank you. Um, everybody has their unique gifts and talents. So it's important for us to search ourselves to figure out what God has for us. It says before God created you, he decided what role he wanted you to play on earth. He planned exactly how he wanted you to serve him. Then he shaped you for those, those tasks. You are the way you are because you were made for a specific ministry. I believe that. I believe that God made everybody specifically like I think about people like Beyonce, right? If Beyonce wasn't born when she was born, to whom she was born to, then she may have been a singer, but I don't think she would have been at the level that she was destined to be. Because if you have to think about the sacrifices her parents made, like if you guys don't know, Beyonce's father was a corporate person who gave up his career to be a manager for Destiny's Child, her, her group or groups as she was getting older. Her mom was a beautician who also knew how to make costumes. They used to be on the carpet all the time with these matching outfits. And Beyonce's mom would be the, the constructor of the outfits, but the outfits were iconic. They made them stand out as performers. And I feel like if certain people weren't placed in certain capacities with certain individuals or born to or born in a certain time, they would have not fulfilled their destiny. I believe in the way that they were supposed to or meant to if they weren't who they were, if they weren't, if God did not directly birth them where they were supposed to be with whom they were supposed to be. That's why a lot of times when we see people that are very successful, be very careful of being envious because you never know what support systems they have. A lot of people I know who are very uh, successful in the age of social media and stuff, it's because of the people in the team that they have around them, whether it be a parent, whether it be a brother or sister that knows or a spouse. And if you're trying to do certain things on your own, you cannot look at your own 
your own capacity and compare it to somebody that has a support system, a team or help or anything like that. Um, the happy housewife says Ephesian is the ministry of help and Corinthians is the special gifts. I should have been more specific. No, no, no worries. No worries. We're all learning. I'm learning. Um, but yes, Corinthians, Corinthians or Ephesians. So you guys go look it up and we'll have some more in in a second. And it says the Bible says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work. Our English word poem comes from the Greek word translate into workmanship. You are God's handcrafted work of art. Everybody is made specifically at a specific time to specific people for a specific reason. You are not an assembly line product mass produced without thought. You are custom designed, one of a kind, the original masterpiece. It says God deliberately shaped you and formed you to serve him in a way that makes your ministry unique. He carefully, uh, excuse me, he carefully mixed the DNA cocktail that created you. The reason why you have your parents is because you needed to be specifically designed. The reason why you were born in Cleveland, Ohio or London or California was because you were specifically designed for your for God's intended creation for your life. It says David praised praise God for this incredible uh excuse me incredible personal uh, attention to detail. You were made you were made all excuse me. <laughs> it says you were you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. Uh, this is why I always tell, especially if you go through the 555 coaching program, we do a module of self, right? And there's an essence of self-acceptance I feel like we all have to come to at some form, at some stage in your life. No matter how we want to change things. That's why... I understand why people get surgery. I'm not knocking surgery or saying that you're a bad person if you decide to get surgery. Teach their own. Um, but I feel like you were designed and created specifically for a reason. And what you do with that is is your business and your prerogative. But the reason why your features were your features or your skin tone was your skin tone or your body shape was your body shape was and not an unhealthy body shape. But I'm saying that, that that may cause you harm in the future. But you were created a specific way, a careful mix of DNA for a specific reason. It says David praised God for this incredible personal attention to detail. It says not only did God shape you before you were before you were birth before your birth, He planned every day of your life to support His shaping process. Everything that you went through, from the little girls on the playground making fun of you to growing up as a sing as a uh, in a single parent household or to or to growing up with or without siblings everything was designed for intention or if it wasn't designed for intention he will take that into whatever happened to you and shape it and help you become the person that he has called you to be this means that nothing that has happened in your life is insignificant God uses all of it to mold you for your ministry to others, to shape you for service to him. Everything that we go through, everything that we've been through is to shape us and to make us a servant of God. It says God never wastes anything. 
God never wastes anything. He would not give you your abilities, interests, talents, gifts, personality, and life experiences unless he intended to use them for his glory. Everything that you've been through, the good, the bad, and even the ugly is all will, will all be shaped and used for his glory. By identifying and understanding these factors, you can discover, discover God's will for your life. So look at your, your, your God-given abilities. What is something that you do naturally? And we talk about this a lot on Morning Motivation. This is not our first conversation about your natural abilities. What comes easy to you? What comes easy to you? Or you look at other people and like, why can't they do that? I have a neighbor that she said when she, from the time she was a little girl, she just knew how to like put stuff together. And it's so funny because it comes so easy to us. We don't even sometimes think about, we don't even give it a second thought. It's just like, well, everybody can do this. And then you look around and you're like, no, everybody cannot do that. Like when she was telling me how when she was a little girl, she'd put her bike together and and, and made go-karts. I was like, how did your brain as a kid even know how to put things together? She was like, I don't know. I just did. That's a God-given ability. Just like some people just know how to sing. Some people just come out the womb like the Christina Aguilera's of the world, right? Or Or the Adele's or whatever, like some people's gifts were shaped. Some people spent a lot of time working and honing on their gifts. Some people just come out the womb blowing. And yes, did they, did they probably cultivate their gift over time? Absolutely. I'm sure they have, but some people just came out the womb pop locking, like just knew how to dance. Like you see it on, on, on Instagram with those little kids that just, they just naturally know how to move. Some people have God given a talents and abilities. And not to say that your abilities can't be shaped and molded if there's something that you're interested in, right? That's where interest comes in. What are your interests? What intrigues you? Like some kids, uh, some kids just, they just love dinosaurs or some kids are just born and they love electronics. So what are your interests? What are things that just interest you? Really? And then if you don't know as an adult because of life and responsibilities, what interests you as a kid? What was something that always intrigued you or made you go, hmm, I like that. What caught your interest? What are some of your talents? You know, are you a good cook? You know, there's a cooking, there's cooking ministry. Everybody got to eat. <laughs> everybody got to eat. You know, during the civil rights movement, everybody wasn't out there on the front line. Some people were at in the houses, you know, uh, collecting money and doing the books and, and making plates and, and making sure when the, when the folks came out of jail that they had a lawyer cousin that to, to call or a gamut of gifts. What are your talents? What are your gifts? What aspects of your personality are different? You know, extroverts. Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? There's, you know, when they give introverts, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, slack for being like a little closed off. There's a reason why you're closed off and you watch people, but versus somebody like me, that's boisterous that will go in our room and just talk to everybody. That's still a gift. A gift to sit back and watch and speculate and see things. If you're a seer, that is a gift. So don't overlook, good morning. Don't overlook the little things in your life that make you unique and your life experiences. What were some unique life experiences that you went through that made you different from everybody, from other people? Like me, I've moved around so much in my life, but that ended up shaping me to who I was because I'm a chameleon. I can go anywhere. I'm a chameleon. I can go anywhere and, and make myself or make others comfortable. I can figure it out. You could put me in, in any setting 
and I can figure it out if I, if I want to. That's something that's unique about me because of the life experiences. So look at that. Look at your look at your abilities, your interests, your talents, your gifts, your personality traits and life experiences and just, and and figure out how can you use that to serve God. It says the Bible says you are wonderfully complex. No two people are the same. That y'all can go you and your siblings can be raised in the same household by the same parents and grow up nothing alike, having two totally different life experiences, two totally different outcomes, the whole shebang. I don't know any siblings that are the same. They are different and they and, and they will also have different experiences. Mama used to do this. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. Or mama used to always do this or daddy used to do that. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Like they have two totally different experiences growing up in the same household, especially if you're like, you're the youngest or the oldest or the all, all, all of the above. Sydney says so true. If her parents didn't operate in their gifts, they wouldn't have been able to help Beyonce in her groups. Absolutely. You know, some, sometimes you're born good or bad to your parents, either abilities or disabilities, right? For instance, my mom was really young when she had me, right? So she didn't have the fortitude or the know-how to do certain things, but what that ended up doing was making me very independent. I had to just learn things on my own. And in hindsight, it was very natural for me to be independent. You know, well, I, I, and I want to talk about this too. I talked about strength last week. We get a lot of slack as women for being independent and strong. I don't think, I think that, uh, Anybody, male or female, being too independent of people isn't isn't a, a good thing because we all need each other in essence, right? But I think that there's something beautiful about somebody being able to do things on their own, not not uh, needing people as a crutch, right? When I was when I was growing up, I was kind of not forced to be independent, but had I not had an independent mindset as a kid, I would have I would have been defeated. I would have been like me and my little sister grew up in two totally different times. But if I would have had my sister's temperament as a kid, I would have not survived the stage of my life that my parents were at. They were younger. They had stuff going on. They had to work. You know, back in the day, my mama couldn't afford the extra daycare. So I had to stay on my own. My little sister, when she was growing up, because she was in a different stage of my mom's life, my mom had the extra time, the extra money, the extra attention. My little sister would not be at home by herself. You could not pay my little sister to be at home by herself. She was not that kid. She was like, no, where are you going? Uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not staying. It. She took her a very long time to stay at home by herself. And there's nothing wrong with either one. But that's why I, why I say God makes you uniquely you. And the book says God makes you uniquely you. Because had I had my sister's temperament when I was growing up, I would have I would have probably died, <laughs> like literally. Because my brain and my emotions couldn't have taken it and vice versa. Had my sister maybe had my temperament, my mom would, would, they wouldn't have bonded the way my sister and my mom bonded, if that makes any sense. So everything that happens to you, good, bad, or indifferent, if you look at it in hindsight, it shaped you for who you became and who you, who you needed to be. Um, okay. So Percy says, he said he meant that people see glamorous gifts instead of behind the scenes gifts. Oh, and I think, you know what, Percy, I think that it depends on the person. 
if Beyonce did not have the gift of wanting to be on stage, like if, if certain performers did not love being on stage in front of a crowd, they would not be them. Like if Chris Brown did not love being on stage or James Brown or let's see, uh, Smokey Robinson didn't love being on stage. Like some people need that ego to feel what their gift is. Their gift is. Now, how they manage their ego it, it is a big part of it, right? But if Prince did not have the ego and the gusto to go out there with them pants with the booty cut out, <laughs> he wouldn't have been Prince. That's why I said God makes us all uniquely who we are for a specific reason and intention. So it's okay to want to be front and center. We need people who want to be out there. If Martin Luther King was not okay with being the head of the movement, if Martin Luther King would have been like, no, nah, I'm cool. I don't want to go out there. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm going to be over here. Then he would not have fulfilled his purpose. He wouldn't have been Martin Luther King. But if Martin Luther King didn't have the people that were cool with being in the back, you know, or Jesus, if Jesus wasn't okay with being front and center and in the front, he would not have been Jesus. He was, you know, we were going, me and my homeboy the other night, we're going through the disciples. And I was like, I never even heard of this guy. You know, there were 12 disciples, but the ones that we heard here the most are about John. We hear about Peter. We hear about, give me some other disciples that y'all hear about a lot, right? We were going through, because I was like, it was 12 of them. I was like, I only know about a couple. And there was a disciple named Andrew. You don't really hear about Andrew. I have no clue. And I read the Bible, right? I have no clue what Andrew's job was. But maybe Andrew's job was collecting funds. Maybe Andrew's job was to go get the plates. Maybe Andrew's job was to go ahead and make sure that the accommodations that they stayed at were straight. Maybe Andrew played security for Jesus. Jesus walked around. Y'all have to understand. I think those times were very similar to our times. Jesus had to be protected. That's why he rolled with 12 folks. He had an entourage. The disciples were an entourage. Were they doing great and healing things? Absolutely. But it was an entourage. He had to be protected, right? I don't know what Andrew did. If y'all know, please leave it in the comments. But everybody has a specific gift and talent. Some people flourish in the front. Some people, they, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to be in the back. And that's good too. But it's when we have ego and when we don't know what our gifts and talents are, our abilities are, or what season in the life and season in life you're in can be very dangerous. I was uh, on social media and, and I love that uh, um, Fat Joe said, I'm okay with playing number two. I don't have to be number one. Everybody, he said, everybody in the game wants to be number one, but I knew when to play number two. And number two served him. Everybody can't be Martin Luther King. Sometimes you got to be, you know, everybody, give me a, uh, give me a group. You, and I think that that's what uh, the ego happened, like David Ruffin and the temptations, right? David wasn't, David Ruffin wasn't cool with just being in a group. He wanted to be in front. He had to be, that ego took over. Now, ego can be, it's, 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 it could be a great thing to, to catapult you and make you stand out and, and give you great, you know, when David Ruffin was in the front, when he had the lead in certain songs, oh, they were amazing, but he couldn't control his ego and his, his ego overtook him in which he left the group or he kicked, got kicked out of the group, right? It's okay to be in the front, but sometimes it's okay to fall to the back. You have to know, and, and good leaders always know when they need to follow. So as you're discerning your gifts, as you're contemplating, am I in the front man or am I back man? Am I on the, on the side or am I number two or am I number three? You have to decide that and see what God has called you to. But neither gift is more significant.
right? Just because you're Beyonce's backup dancer doesn't mean that you're not significant. If she did not have her backup dancer, she would not be the queen bee people call her to be. I'm not a part of the beehive, by the way. So, you know, I just, I appreciate her skips, her gifts, her talents. I actually watch Homecoming again, an incredible performer and singer, you know, but I don't idolize anybody. But if she didn't have her backup dancers, if she didn't have her team, she would not be Beyonce. She'd just be a woman who could sing very well and could dance very well. But Beyonce needs a choreographer. She needs a costume designer. She needs all other people with extreme bomb gifts and talents to make her visions come to life. Right? Um, she Amber says, I always love playing doctor and helping people feel better. And that's why she Amber's on the path that she's on. And I love that for her. Because she, you know, when you're a kid, sometimes that's your inclination of what you're supposed to do and what you're called to do. Linda says anything that is second nature is your gift. You literally do not have to think about how to how to do or speak a certain way. I love that. Um, yes. Oh, Linda says, yes, your gift can be, be being a chameleon. I love that. Authenticating Beauty says, oh, y'all sorry. Me and my two brothers have drastically different experiences in high school growing up. Exactly. You can be in the same, like Beyonce and Solange, right? If Solange was trying to be Beyonce, she would not be uniquely and greatly Solange. But they had two totally different experiences, right? And I'm using these famous people not to put them on a pedestal, but because we all kind of know who they are. <laughs> um. Shining in the room each time you show up. Hey, I'm like, party's here. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, uh, Yvette. Um, Elle says, writing comes naturally to me. I used to write books as a kid. That might be something to pick back up. That might be where your gifts and talents are hidden. And the thing is, when we have talents and gifts, especially when we're growing up, what happens is life happens to us. Either we have to grow up fast or, you know, God, something happens to us that it's out of our control. So it makes us grow up or life happens. Some people have kids prematurely um, or before they intended to have kids, but God wanted you to have it. So you had it right. So there's all these reasons why our gifts get overshadowed. And because they're so easy, we overlook them. We're like, oh, this is easy to me. So this can't be it. You know, and that's farthest from the truth. That's actually something that's something that you should probably tap into. So if there's anything that was natural to you, or something you love doing as a kid, something might be in there. It might be a part of your ministry, you know, but it's all for service of God. So always think of like, how is my gifts and my talents able to serve God? Percy says, my friend had an awesome memory. He can remember stuff easily and only in only in a few reads. That's definitely a gift. Uh, he was Simon's brother. Exactly. Who is that? Who's Andrew? <laughs> Andrew was Simon's brother. Exactly. But what did Andrew do? So we don't know all of the disciples weren't in front and center shining and, and laying hands and doing all of that. Right. I have no clue. Like Bartholomew. What was Bartholomew's job? <laughs> New edition. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Exactly. Uh, Sydney says, what if Andrew was one, one who went and got, uh, the Wiccans when Jesus turned water into wine, <laughs> the wine, the wine crabs. Yeah, see, Andrew probably went to the store. Andrew probably made store runs. We don't know, but he was there. 
right? So just because there weren't specific stories read about Andrew, and if you guys know some, please let me know because I don't know. I've never heard of this man until I was like reading through. I was like, dang, Jesus at 12. I was like, I only know a couple. Who are these people? But it doesn't mean that their role was insignificant. Everything that they did as a disciple made and helped Jesus become who he was for all of us, right? Um, Percy says, I think I heard a pastor say Andrew was a connector. He introduced a few disciples to Jesus. See, that's a, that's a gift. Andrew knew people. If, if that's true, I don't know. I ain't never read it. Y'all, we maybe have to go do some research. Uh, Bartholomew too. I don't know what Bartholomew's job was, what Bartholomew was doing. Uh, <laughs> every time I hear that name Bartholomew, I think of uh, don't be a menace while drinking gin, gin juice in the uh, don't oh, menace is yeah, don't be a menace. Child Bartholomew that cracks me up every time. Um, but yeah, if if Andrew was a connector, that is a gift, you know, God knew he would have needed some folks to connect him to Jesus, right? Um, he also was crucified for teaching the gospel. So he made some sacrifices, but exactly like we don't know much about this man, right? Uh, at least I haven't done my research and I need to. But the, the key factor is, is he was needed. He wouldn't have, Jesus wouldn't have had 12 if all 12 weren't needed for specific reasons. But just because we don't hear about them doesn't mean that their role was insignificant. So sometimes like Percy was saying how sometimes people always want to be in the front. Just because your gift isn't plastered all over social media, you don't go viral for the things that you do, doesn't mean that God isn't using you. Doesn't mean that your gift and your ministry, you might make the best pies in the church. You might make the best pies in your family. That is a gift. Everybody can't burn, y'all. And when I say burn, everybody can't cook. Okay? Everybody don't have, don't have that talent. Uh, some people will burn a chicken. <laughs> Um, it said Google says one of Andrew's roles was a fisherman, so he helped keep them fed. Praise God for Andrew of the world. Hello, the Andrews of the world. He was a cook. See, hey, hey, I can't, I can't, I can't lay hands like you. But what I can do is I could go get this, this, this food so we can eat. That is important, right? That is important. Good morning. Thank you, uh, Happy Housewife, for, for I love when you guys uh, say hello to everybody. Okay, so it says you were made all the delicate, all the delicate inner parts of my body were knitted together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your worksmanship is marvelous. Is what? Um, who said that? As Esther Ethler Water said, God doesn't make junk. God does not make junk. It says not only did God shape you before your birth, he planned every day of your life to support his shaping, his shaping process. David continues, every day of my life was record, recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. This means that nothing that happened into your life happened in your life was insignificant. God uses all of it to mold you for your ministry and others to shape you for uh, your service of him. The issue is, is when we use our gifts and our talents only for ourselves is when it becomes a problem. When we do it as a self-serving, self-serving, that's when it becomes a problem. 
like David Ruffin. God gave him an amazing gift. He had a horrible past, right? But God used all of that to give him an amazing gift. But the ego got in the way. That's why we got to maintain and control our egos. And we got to pray over our egos all the time because we're human, right? We're human. We do that with kids. Our, that's my husband. That's my child. We do it. We, my, 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 my child. We, we mine it all up. My house, my money, my car, my, my business. We can mine it up all day long. We got to be careful with our egos and, 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 and tone it down, right? It says, the Bible says, you are wonderfully complex. It says, you are com a combination of many different factors to help you remember the, uh, these, help to help you remember five of these factors. I have created a simple, uh, a simple acronym, which is, is shape is what the book is saying. It says in this chapter and the next, we will look at these fat, these five factors and follow that. I will explain how to discover your shape. So if you have not discovered what your gifts, talents, and what your ministry is, it's all right. We're going to get into it. It says how God shapes you for your ministry. It says whatever God gives us and whenever God gives us an assignment, he always equips us with what we need to accomplish it. Everything you have is already in you. I want y'all to write in the chat. I need for nothing. Everything I have is already in me. Everything I need is already in me. This custom combination of capabilities is called shape. S is spiritual gifts. H is heart. A is abilities. P is personality. E is experience. It says shaped. It says unwrap your spiritual gift. Unwrapping your spiritual gift. It says God gives every believer spiritual gifts. Now, mind you, we're going into spiritual gifts, right? We were talking about how we were made, how we were created. Thank you. I need for nothing. Everything you have, everything you need is inside of you. If you have an idea, it's already in you. You don't need the extra money from the bank. You don't need all of these outside factors. Everything you have, you already have. Everything you need, you already have. You need for nothing. Now we're going into the realm of spiritual gifts. Now we talked about gifts we can use for the world. We're going into spiritual gifts. It says God gives every believer spiritual gifts to be used in ministry. There are special God-empowered abilities to serve him that are given to only believers. This is what this book is saying. It says who it says the Bible says whoever does not have the spiritual the spirit, excuse me, whoever does not have the spirit cannot receive the gift that comes from God's spirit. All right? It says you can't earn your spiritual gifts or deserve or deserve them. That way, that's why they are called gifts. So it's saying something you can't earn. You can't earn your gifts. You can't even ask for them. Wait, let me not say that. It says uh, you can't earn your, your spiritual gifts or deserve them. That's why they are called gifts. They are an express expression of God's grace to you. So God is giving them to you for his grace or giving you grace. It says Christ has generously divided out gifts to us. Neither do neither do you choose which gifts you you have. You can't be like, all right, God, uh, you know, I want that. I want the gift of, of singing because I want to sing in church. God said that ain't your ministry. Sat down. <laughs> you can sing. You can sing. You're going to sing in your seat. You ain't going to sing in that pulpit now. Sing in your seat, child. <laughs> God determines that. It says, Paul explained, this is one 
this is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decide, decides which gifts each person should have. Because God loves variety, he wants us to be special. No single gift is given to everyone. So everybody doesn't have everything. I don't care how talented that person is. I don't care how beautiful that person is. There's something you can do that Beyonce cannot do. There is something that you can do that President Bar former President Barack Obama cannot do. There's something I can do that you can do, but there's something you can do that I cannot. There is something every nobody has. Nobody has the same gifts. Um, it says, Brittany, what is the difference between spiritual gifts and purpose? All right, let's keep reading. And then uh, I want to remember that. So it says, and that's because um, I believe you use your spiritual gifts for purpose. I think the book talks about that. But purpose is God's intention. Your gift is how you make that intention happen. That's what I believe to be true. But we're going to read and maybe you'll get clarification. I would definitely do prayer, but God gives us all purposes for our lives, right? Um, maybe your purpose is to be a mother and your spiritual gift is patience. Uh, maybe your purpose is to minister to people or to teach. And maybe one of your gifts is you can discern and you can look at people and tell if their spirit needs healing. Does that make sense? So there's purpose, the overall umbrella of which you are called to do. Your gifts help you function in that purpose. Does that make sense? Like, um, for instance, if I did not have the gift of speech, and not to say that I'm the best speaker, not saying that, but if I didn't have the gift of not being fearful of an audience, I probably wouldn't have been able to be a YouTuber that started that started this channel. Or because <clears throat> some gifts, <coughs> excuse me, some things are developed. Had I not done the work I did in the past, I wouldn't have been able to do this show. If that makes sense. If I answered your question or not. But yes, your purpose is overall God's intention for your life. Your gifts are how you facilitate and, and execute your purpose. Um. Okay, so it says no. Also, no individual receives all gifts. If you all had them. Uh, you'd have no need for anyone else. So the reason why we don't have all of us have different gifts is because we're all we all need each other. So if God gave me all the gifts and didn't give nobody else no gifts, I'd be like, I don't need y'all. And that's not how he wants us to work and operate to teach us to love and depend on each other is why we all have different and unique gifts. It says your spiritual gifts were not given to you for your own benefit. Uh. For your for the but for the benefit of others, just as other people were given the gifts for your benefit. Beyonce didn't get the gift to perform for herself. She did that to be able to share with the world. If she did not have an audience, there would be no point for her to have all that talent. It would be no point for her to practice months and months and months and months and months and months and months, and months to put on a performance if it was just for her. She'd probably be like, well, I don't got to do all this. You know what I mean? God planned it. God planned it this way. Uh, so we would need each other. It says we use our gifts together. We all benefit when we use our gifts together. We all benefit. If I'm a good cook and you're a good this and you're a good that and you're a good this. We all work together. It's just like all the disciples had each individual gifts that all work together 
to help Jesus do his thing. Right. Jesus couldn't have done that all by himself. He couldn't have traveled. He couldn't have spoke to all those people, did miracles, all of those things. If he was by himself, that's why we need each other. That's why we all have different gifts. Um, it says. When we use our gifts together, we all benefit. If others don't use their gifts, we get cheated. If I didn't use my gifts, you get cheated. And it says if you don't use your gifts, they get cheated. So it is kind of spiritual law that you are called to use your gifts because when you don't use your gifts, other people suffer, right? If you're a good teacher, you might miss out on that child or that person might miss out on opportunity to learn because you just, you're choosing not to teach because God is not going to make you do anything. He, he calls you, you know, he taps you, he nudges you. But we have to be over after God's own heart to see how we can use our gifts for his purpose in our lives. But he's not going to force anybody to do anything. So a lot of people sit on their gifts. A lot of people don't use them. They just like, well, I can sing, but I'm not going to. Or I can I can make a cake, but I'm not going to. I can cook, but I'm not going to. I have patience. But, you know, because especially out in the world nowadays, everybody's so dang self-centered. You know, we praise and idolize ourselves so much. And I'm saying not us, but culturally, you know, we're in a world of just like where it's so it's so, so self, 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 self. That's why I've kind of pulled back from social media because I was getting tired of myself. Like, I don't I love me, but God, all the time, all the time, I got to do everything all the time about me. I don't like that. For me, it was just getting too much. So I had to pull back a little bit. But we're so if we do not use our gifts. Then we cheat the world. We cheat ourselves. We cheat. We're not using our purpose. If you do not use your gifts, you are cheating the world. We lose. You know, it says this is why we're commanded to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. Have you taken the time to discover your spiritual gifts? An unopened gift is worthless. Y'all, it's like when somebody give you a gift card and you don't ever use it and you find it in your purse years later, that's money down the drain. They could have used that money to pay a bill, to do something with it. Use them gift cards. <laughs> An unopened gift is worthless. So if you're just sitting on gifts, it's just like, well, what do you give them to you for? Two common problems are gifts, are gift envy and gift projection. Okay. It says the first occur when we compare our gifts to others, feel dissatisfied with what God gave us. And become resentful or jealous of how God uses others. I could be like, man, Beyonce dance. She could sing so good. God didn't give me that gift. I could be annoyed or I could be like, wow, God really blessed her. How did he bless me? It says the second problem, uh, problem happens when we expect everyone else to have our gifts and do what we are called to do. And feel passionate about we passion. Everybody don't like anime the way you like anime. <laughs> Everybody don't want to sing the way you want to sing. I had a sister. I love her to death. My, my line sister loved to sing. That was her thing. She'd always be like, you want to hear my song? I'd be like, no. <laughs> Everybody don't always have the same passion you have. And that's okay. Like, don't think that everybody's supposed to love what you love or want to do what you want to do. Everybody don't. Everybody don't be on that type of time. So that's okay. It says there are different kinds of service in the church. It says, but in the same, the Lord, uh, Lord, we are serving. It says sometimes spiritual gifts are overemphasized to um, 
to the neglect of other factors God uses to shape our shape you for your service. That your gift reveals one key to discovering God's will for your ministry, but your spiritual gifts are not the total picture. All right, so let me read that again. It says your gifts reveal one key to discovering God's will for your ministry, but your spiritual gifts are not the total picture. God has shaped you in four other ways too. Oh, God has shaped you in other ways as well. So it says shape, it says uh, listening to your heart. It says the Bible uses the term heart to describe a bundle of desires, hopes, interests, ambitions, dreams, affections, oh, and affections that you have. Your heart represents the source of all of your all of your motivations. It says what you love to do and what you you care about the most. So what you love to do and what you care about the most. Even today, we still use the word. We still use the word in ways when we when we say, oh, excuse me, y'all. Sorry, I'm tired. It says, I, uh, we still use the word like love and I love you with all my heart. It says, the Bible says, as a face is reflected in the water, so the heart is reflected in the person. It says, your heart reveals the real you and what you truly are, not what others think you are and not what circumstances your force forces you to be. Your heart determines what you say, what you say things you do and why you feel the way you do and why you act the way you do. So God, that's why it says God examines your heart. God examines your heart. Okay. So it says God has given each of us a unique emotional heartbeat. So everybody's heartbeat is different. It says another word for heart is passion. There are certain subjects you feel passionate about and others you could care less about. And that's okay. It's all right that you, that you're not, um, that you don't care about the same stuff that somebody else cares about. I do not like music like that. Music is cool, but people, and I have a a best friend that works for Rock Nation. She loves new music. I could care less, child. She'd be like, oh, did you hear this song? No. Oh, did you know who used it? I don't know, Lil Uzi Vert from Lil Lil Rico Ping Pong. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) But that's me, you know, and it's okay if somebody else does, but that's me. It says, in other words, There are certain subjects you feel passionate about and others you could care less about. Some experiences turn you on and capture your attention while others turn you off and bore you to tears. That's why a lot of people can't get jiggy with, I believe, church in the word. They feel like it's boring to them. When in all actuality, that's why we got to read it because it's some juicy bits. The Bible is a telenovela. It is some juicy stuff up in there. It's funny, too. Um, Anyways, going back to this, it says uh, these reveal the nature of your heart. When you when you were growing up, you uh, you may have discovered that you were intensely interested in some subjects and other and others. Oh, excuse me. When you were growing up, you discovered that there were things that you were intensely that you cared about, whether it be dinosaurs or or pop culture, whatever the case may be. And others people could care. They, they didn't care about like I loved me some some TV when I was a kid. You know, the shows, all of that was was super interest. Nobody else understood me. I was like, oh, did you see? And they were like, no. <laughs> it says God has a purpose in giving you these 
uh, inborn interest, inborn interest. Your emotional heartbeat is the second key to understanding your, your shape for service. Don't ignore your interests. Consider how they might be used for God's glory. There is a reason that you love these things. Repeatedly, the Bible says, serve the Lord with all your heart. Everything that you're interested in, everything that, that moves you, figure out what that is and serve, and use that to serve God. Like if you like TV, maybe you're supposed to make TV programs. Maybe you're supposed to make a show. Maybe you're supposed to make a movie or something like that, right? It says, God wants you to serve him passionately, not dutifully. People rarely excel at tasks they don't enjoy or feel passionate about. That's why you don't like school. You just ain't passionate about it. Stick with it, but you ain't supposed to, you don't like it. God wants you to use your natural interest to serve him and others. Listen to inner prompting can pinpoint your ministry. Uh, God is intended for you, intended for you to have. How do you know when you are serving God with all of your heart? The first telltale sign is enthusiasm. If you are enthusiastic about doing it, if somebody like, oh, I, I love that you're uh that you that you're in the church. Do you want to be an usher? And you're like, sure, don't do it. Because your heart ain't gonna be into it. So every time you gotta do it, you're gonna be like, oh, I gotta go usher. If ushering is not your ministry, do not usher. Don't do it because you want to be passionate. You want to look forward to doing the thing that you're doing. I look forward to morning motivation, even the days I'm tired, even the days when I don't. It's like, dang, it's not the weekend. Like some days, every day ain't a great day. But I actually, when I get on and I talk to y'all, I'm passionate about it. I love doing this. I love connecting with you guys. I love talking about God through, through the internet. This is something I'm passionate about, whether it be five of us or none of us. Thank y'all for being here, though. It does help me. <laughs> But it would be something that I would not mind doing. And it says, uh, when you are doing what you love, I'm almost done, y'all. So for the one, those who have to go to 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 work, I apologize. Have a great day. Um, but I'm almost done, y'all. So if you could stick around, we're almost we're wrapping up. And if you guys have any questions, leave them in the comments. Um, okay. It says, no one has to motivate you or challenge you to check check up on or check up on you. It says you do it for the sheer enjoyment. You don't need a reward, applause or payment because you love serving in this way. The opposite is also true. When you don't have a heart for what you're doing, you're easily discouraged. When you don't like something that you're doing, you, you get discouraged. That's why like a lot of people want to be YouTubers, but do you want to edit? That's a part of the process. The ones that I, I believe really good YouTubers love the editing process. If you don't like to edit, either you need to hire somebody or figure it out because that is a part of the process. And if you don't enjoy it, it's going to be hard for you to put content out there. I do not like editing. That's why I started going live. Child. I was like, no, <laughs> whenever you do what God has wired you to, uh, excuse, whatever you would, when, when Whenever you do what God wired you to love to do, you get good at it. Passion drives perfection. If you don't care about a task, it is unlikely that you will excel at it. If you do not care about your house being clean, child, your house will not be clean. Um, in contrast, the highest achievers in any field are those who do it because of passion, not duty or profit. OK, it says we all have heard people say I took a job I hate 
in order to make a lot of money. So someday I can quit and do what I love to do. The book says that is a big mistake. Don't waste your life in a job that doesn't express your heart. Remember, the greatest things in life are not things, meaning it is far more important than money. The richest man in the world once said a simple life in fear of God is better than a rich life with a ton of headaches. Don't settle for just achieving the good life because the good life is not good enough. Ultimately, it doesn't satisfy. You you can have a lot to live on and still have nothing to live for. Aim instead of the better life, serving God in a way that expresses your heart. Figure out what you love to do, what God gave you, what God gave you a heart to do, and then do it for his glory. And also just to wrap it up, you do not have to, what your ministry is does not have to be your job. I do believe that you should like your job though. It makes life better because if you have to work so many hours doing things you hate, majority of the things that we do is work, you know, for the most part, even if you have a nine to five, that's a lot of hours that you spend working. And then when you don't like something, you come home drained and you want to decompress and spend time in your car on social media. So you're not really fulfilling your life. So I do believe that as well. Um, But your gift and your purpose do not have to, um, excuse me, your gift and your purpose don't have to, don't have to be your job. If it's your job and you can intersect them, oh my gosh, you hit the jackpot. Bingo. Right. But don't feel like you're a bad person or you don't have it right because your purpose isn't your paycheck. If they're both, that is amazing. Congratulations. But if not, you can still, you can have multiple, and you can have multiple passions. Like I am passionate about social media and I understand it from a business and, and, and consumer perspective. I just don't care about doing it for myself, but I love doing it for other people. Does that make sense? So that's a part of it. But then I'm also passionate about telling people about God and live streaming and things like that. So I make money over here and I do this as my ministry. I do morning motivation as my ministry, my platform as my ministry, but I make my money doing social media for businesses. Does that make sense? So you don't have to the both, both, if they both made money, hallelujah, but it's okay if they don't. It's okay that your ministry is just your ministry to God. And that's what you're doing because you're pleasing God and you want to do right. Um, and you, and you want to just do what you're supposed to do. And then you make your money. You don't have to do both. I mean, you can do both. That's what I meant. Little Rico ping pong. Yeah. I don't know these rappers. I could care less about music, all of that stuff. (laughs) Marjorie says everyone has different gifts and for a different purpose. They're all blessings. Uh, in your gift. Absolutely. But thank you guys for rocking with me. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for asking questions. Know that everything that you are meant to have is in you. Keep working, developing your gifts. If you have no idea what your purpose is, start praying, asking God what your purpose to reveal your purpose. The only way you'll get to it is by knowing and, and listening and calling and knowing. Uh, you Don't forget to give this video a thumbs up. Do not forget to get your copy of a purpose-driven life. If you want to enter into the free book giveaway, go to BrittanyTheHost.com and enter there. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. Have a beautiful and blessed day. Happy Monday. And I hope you guys enjoy. Bye, y'all. See y'all tomorrow.